we have been um, looking at nonviolent communication, which is a fairly uh, in-depth and detailed process. So for our first one after, I thought about something very simple. Um, I brought a poem and a practice to go with the poem. Then yesterday, uh, I went to this remarkable women's summit at the county detention center. Uh, and as I sat there, um, I realized it fit just perfectly with this. So I really, I just want to start by sharing um, some of what I heard at this women's summit. I had no idea what to expect. Um, all I knew is last week for my mindfulness group, uh, I only had two women because all of the rest were at their fittings for the summit. Um, so, you know, this is a detention center. Everyone wears ar the orange suit um, outfit. And um, it was really sweet to hear that they were at their fittings. And I assumed it was Dress for Success, and it, it was. So Dress for Success came in. It's a nonprofit organization that helps low-income people um, literally get the at business attire um, to be able to go out in the job world in a different way. So they came to the detention center, and the women who were all part of the um, summit um, um, got appropriate professional attire um, to attend the summit. And the summit was still in a pod, but um, there's a weekend unit um, that during the weekday is totally empty. So it did have a, t a different feel, at least. It was out of the buzz of, of the central part. Um, they catered it. Um, it was a simple catering, but they catered it. They brought lunch in. Uh, and all of this is our new sheriff. If y'all don't know Gary McFadden, he is doing remarkable things. The, the changes that you can feel at just from the switch from jail, calling it the Mecklenburg County Jail to the Mecklenburg County Detention Center, uh, it's palpable, uh, his impact there. And this whole Women's Summit um, came out of his, his new leadership. Uh, so he, they had a men's summit a month ago, and this one was the women's. Um, and it was um, stunningly beautiful. I mean, just one of the most powerful things I've been to. All of the, the keynote, the two keynote speakers and the five panelists, um, all were women who had been incarcerated at some point in their life. Um, and I, I guess this is probably true for everyone on that. <laughs> it wasn't just a little bit, like one woman, one of the keynote speakers, I think she said between the ages of 15 and about 24, she had been incarcerated 17 times. Um, the other keynote speaker uh, named that um, her incarceration grew directly out of her experience with domestic violence, uh, which included being stabbed, shot, and raped by her partner, which she initially tried to escape through crack. 
uh, cocaine and just, I mean, tailspin um, description of um, as hard as it gets. Um, and now she works for the ACLU and works on um, legislation around incarceration with the particular interest in and focus on abolition of incarceration of people. Um, um, so one of the things that was named powerfully um, over and over, particularly by her, but by everyone, uh, were was that for everyone there, there were factors in their world that made what happened to them a thousand times more likely, a million times more likely. There were the factors, and, and the way that the, the justice system is set up is um, 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 like, like painfully rooted in um, multiplying those factors. Um, uh, adding on to those factors, and you know they were naming the the racism, the um, issues of poverty, the growing up in, with childhoods of um, trauma, uh, with no safety, you know, um, um, no food. <laughs> uh, so you know, like all of these factors were uh, totally real needed to be named uh, and there was still a choice that every single one of these women named within their own self that they had to make about how to navigate life in light of these overwhelming factors and that their turnaround was through recognizing their own power, their own uh, ability to affect change started with their own decision-making over and over and over. So they were naming the supports uh, in their decision-making. Um, um, the people, it was just beautiful to hear these women name uh, um, like the circle of people that was very, very important to helping them come out of it. Changed choices. I can't tell you how often changed choices got named yesterday. Uh, Dove's Nest um, um, uh, and a couple others, but changed choices came up over and over and over. And as one woman said, I would never have been able to access what they were offering until I learned to look me in the marrow and meet myself with a different kind of kindness, of acceptance, of compassion and of care. Um, it wouldn't have, it, it would have just washed off um, if she hadn't, hadn't found that way to start with how she met her inner world. That's what we're doing in this practice. Sometimes it is just painfully in our face, the work that we have to do to survive a given moment. 
oftentimes for most of us, you know, we can, we can get through with the bad habits. They're not putting us in the detention center. Um, uh, and without having that clarity of mind that even this doesn't feel good, it's easy to like lose our, our way on what's beautiful and here right now. So, um, uh, and gratitude. Gratitude was named over and over and over. And I think I've shared here before that in the circles at the detention center, um, one of the most powerful practices is gratitude, um, that tapping in. So in, in support of how do we make those small choices over and over and over and over to redirect um, and find our path again. Um, I just want to offer a very short poem by Mary Oliver uh, and, and a gratitude practice. Um, and it's one that I find um, just as one of my hugest anchors I go to when my mind is really messy. Uh, when I know I need, some, I need to like, like find some sort of light through the storm. Um, this is one that, that uh, I come to um, that helps. And we've done it here before and it sounds kind of hokey, um, but it's really powerful practice, ABC Gratitudes. Uh, I got it from Brother David Stendhal Rost and have a small modification that I do with it. And before I read the Mary Oliver, I just want to say Mary Oliver goes right hand in hand with this conversation. I have <coughs> heard some people um, complain about her poetry, that it's too sweet. Um, and it's too um, um, kind of lovey nature, um, go hug a tree, uh, and doesn't really touch the real world, and um, people are tired of its escapism. I've heard that word with Mary Oliver. <laughs> uh, and to that, I would say those are people who, one, haven't like, really explored what she's saying in these poems, the, the radical message of what she's saying. And two, don't know her history. Um, she came out of a remarkably abusive childhood, um, desperate situation childhood. And this was her way, what helped her find her way um, into a life that was rich with meaning and mattered. So this is called praying. It doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. Just pay attention. Then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but a doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak. 